Hello and welcome to Produced By. Just quickly before we begin, if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by joining our Patreon. You can choose from a list of memberships and will receive some exciting rewards. Thank you and back to the episode. Marco, as you are working in that company and you mentioned that DNEC was one of the clients, is that how you did then got into the DNEC? Not exactly. I mean, that was a few years back um, and I joined DNEG three years ago. Um, uh, after Pacific Rim, I, I did a lot more work as you know, commercial and I was really lucky to work with companies um, like The Mill and MPC again. I went back to MPC a couple of times as a freelancer. And I've been at the mill a lot as a freelancer as well, doing all sorts of commercials and mm-hmm. commercial work. That was really fun and engaging. And again, I, I learned a lot of stuff um, at the mill. Um, I mean, as I said, uh, freelancing is possibly the best way to learn fast and uh, to learn a variety of things on the job. And this is exactly what companies like the mill have done for me. Um, they have such a variety of projects and needs that you basically need to learn fast and apply apply what you learned on the on the project. So after that, uh, I've been at Mill MPC, uh, Blind, uh, working on Mission Impossible. Blind is a it's another company that specializes in specializes in UI work for film. Um, They've done all sorts. They're really, really good. Uh, their director is an amazing person. Um, so yeah, I've been very fortunate to really never stop. Um, this is the other thing with me. I, I mean, for example, right now I'm forcing myself to stop for a few weeks because if it was for me, I would work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I've done for years, literally bouncing around uh, from project to project. You don't even realize that the year has ended because you just work too much. Is that um, because you enjoy that much or are you workaholic? It's a bit of both. I'm certainly a workaholic. Um, I remember a friend of mine told me I'm the only person whose hobby is his actual job. Like well, when, <laughs> I, when I finish doing my, my job, I basically use the same programs and the same tools to pursue my personal work which is my hobby i suppose mm-hmm. um I, I mean i suppose this is a condition that pretty much everyone in our industry has um when you work on your personal stuff but yeah so i'm definitely a workaholic and and it's the fact that you you always have this thing of if i refuse this gig what happens if i don't find another one in mm-hmm. the back of your head um which again, um, I totally have. And yeah, that's probably the reason why I do that. I'm, I'm less so right now, because again, I'm trying to chill a bit. But for years, I've been I've been doing this as a freelancer. I'm sure I'll fall on my old habits pretty soon. <laughs> um, now that I'm back into freelance word. Uh, but yeah. And were there some other exciting projects you can talk about after um 
you know, before well, I well, as I said, I, I was fortunate to join DNEG for three years. Um, we just parted ways uh, and I went back to freelancing. But my time there was absolutely amazing. And I was very, very fortunate to work on projects like The Matrix. Um, what else? Shazam, hmm. uh, Aquaman, uh, The Adam Projects, uh, Citadel. A lot of really, really cool stuff. And uh, the variety and caliber of the things that we managed to do is absolutely astonishing. It's just that when you see mm. them on screen, it's, it's, see, this is the, the thing that happens to me every time. When I see on screen stuff that we've been working on for weeks and months, I almost can't believe that's the same thing that we produced. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just, no, that can't be it. That doesn't look exactly the same, but it is exactly the same. It's exactly the same thing. It's just, mm -hmm. it looks so nice and, and believable. They are like, no, that, that must be a, a real thing. It's not the, the thing that created scratch. Really. Yeah, especially if we compare um, it to, to the beginning when there was almost nothing. And now in a film, when it looks real and you, it's, it's just, you know, like in a real life, such a big progress. Yes, absolutely. Um, projects like The Matrix and you know, such a massive assets you literally can't picture in your head when you start mm. at the very end of it. It's just, this thing is like, how did we do this? I mean, it, mm. who came up with this idea? And it's just this collective of minds and, and it's just an incredible feeling. Mm -hmm. it, it really makes you, I mean, feel useful, if anything. Um, it, it's amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Do you want to expand on, uh, not necessarily from DNEG, but some assets that you worked on and were perhaps uh, the most enjoyable, the most rememberable or challenging or for some reason worth mentioning? Yeah, uh, I've got a few. Um, I suppose one of the most challenging was the convoys for Gypsy Avenger, which is one of the robots in Pacific Rim Uprising. Basically, the compods are these consoles that are in the head of the robot where the humans uh, sit and interact. Mm -hmm. And um, they are indeed interactive. So basically, every time we just add, uh, as a starting point, we literally just add the actors doing this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we had to on on each movement we had to literally have a bottom in front of it and make it interact as the uh, the finger was tapping in the exact same point um so everything is dictated by the movements of the actors uh and obviously what the director wanted and the visual language and that was very challenging because um again this thing I had to do concept art for it, I had to animate it, I had to model it, I had to shade it, I had to render it, uh, I had to do basically everything but calm. Mm -hmm. um, and that was very, very challenging because the, the, the consoles are not just a static um, piece of hardware. They move and they change and parts move to create different shapes. And every time they tap something, that thing disappears and uh, it gives life to something else. It opens another tab, another tab, 
so it was very very complex uh a task um to do and again the team was amazing um i was working on one robot for there were people that were doing ui people that were doing concepts people that were doing other robots because i think in, in total it's like four to five robots in pacific mm-hmm. rim uprising um it was very very challenging um uh, but it was i mean nonetheless it was super fun um uh, and again to see something rarely happens to see something on screen 80 percent of the film um and it's exactly what you did uh so that, that's a, a sense of you know achievement and the fact that you really managed to do something big mm. with your colleagues of course um but yeah other, other projects um I, I again i was super lucky to do so many and some of them i don't really remember sometimes i happen to watch films so oh yeah i worked on that um, <laughs> or commercials that really happens and it really does mm-hmm. uh but but yeah no it's even i suppose the the other one that is on on par to um pacific rim is the matrix i mean i really really enjoyed that and and i still can't believe that i'm the only person in my class at university of all those people that were going crazy for the matrix that managed to work on the matrix yeah yeah. and Mm -hmm. again i wouldn't know if i was a betting man i would have never bet on myself to work on the matrix yeah Um, that's so cool I mean, the, the, I suppose these days the word iconic is thrown about quite a lot for things that are not really iconic. And The Matrix really is a defining moment uh, for for digital art and design and mm-hmm. and all things cinema. Um, yeah. It really is iconic. Just a little side note to confirm what you're saying is that uh, mm-hmm. I did a, a podcast episode a few I think it was maybe episode 31 it was with Mesh and he he's also uh, he worked oh, yeah. in v- VFX and he he is a big fan of Matrix as well and as a proof is that he actually named his son Neo he said that on a podcast I was so surprised really? yeah, yeah and he also That's said it was amazing. such an influential film uh, of his life uh, that he enjoyed it that it inspired him to pursue career of vfx and when he said that he named his son i was like wow i didn't expect that so that's just incredible. a that's... confirmation how influential film it is absolutely i didn't know that i know range <laughs> amazing guy uh, yeah i didn't know he named his son neo uh yeah absolutely i mean matrix it was such a, a you know a defining moment for digital and 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 Obviously, eighty percent of it is three D. So um, I suppose never before three um, D modeling and the three D world was so invasive in a film uh, to the point that you literally just have actors and a green screen, and the rest is just three D. I I really enjoyed working on it, and I knew joining DNEG that I was. I mean, that they were working on the Matrix. Obviously, I wasn't even hoping to to join the Matrix team, but that was my very first project. Mm. Um, so I, I really loved it, and I was very fortunate to basically work on 
assets as well as um, characters and texture and all sorts of stuff. Uh, I was really, really lucky to to be uh, a true generalist on the on the projects and work with some of the best designers I've ever worked with. Some of them are friends of mine to this day. Uh, it's just it was incredible. It was really, really great. And mm -hmm. uh, as we said before, I mean the stuff we did, it really shows because it really gives a film that added value. It's just mind blowing from beginning to end. Yeah, um, the yeah. VFX is just incredible. And yeah, and I got the credit, and they got my name wrong. So, <laughs> um, what what did they yeah. get wrong in your name? Like I think they spelled they spelled it Gruffini, something like that. Oh my god! <laughs> they just took the liberty to change my <laughs> last name. But uh, but yeah, no. It's uh, apart from that, I'm I'm. That's probably one of the projects I'm the most proud of because, mm -hmm. I mean, if anything, because I was part of one of the biggest teams uh, for a project. So every studio in the world was involved in that. Possibly every studio, every studio that is worth mentioning, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was such a uh, an honor, and and obviously. If you need some kind of stamp of approval for for the stuff you do, that was it. Um, it was kind of a big boys club kind of uh, thing. Mm -hmm. I really loved it. I really loved it. And uh, after so much experience you've got, are there still projects that challenge you that you still feel like, oh, this I need to learn something new. How how to do this? Yes, absolutely. I was talking to a colleague of mine, ex-colleague of mine, the other day. Uh, we were working together at the mill, and one of the most challenging projects I've ever had in, in my career is a Pringles commercial. Because mm -hmm. um, I was asked to do a thing that is so unusual and so hard to do that I had to literally sit down and and hack the program in a way that what was possible to come up with something like this it's just i mean you, you get you get asked to do all sorts of stuff every day and the, that's i suppose that's the the beautiful thing of working with digital programs is the fact that they give you so many tools and it's up to you to combine them in order to achieve a result that mm -hmm. possibly i mean it's never seen before can you tell more uh, details no about what what was uh, that you had to figure out, or what was that challenging? If oh it's yeah, uh, basically it was it was a a relatively elementary, you know, commercial. It was just just a spinning ball, right? So a spinning ball of rice that turns into crisps, Pringles, mm -hmm. obviously. <laughs> yeah. But on the ball. They wanted to have a zoetrope uh, effect. Now, for the people that don't know what a zoetrope is, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those spinning vases that have these images that almost look like animations. And that's because there's a frame by frame yeah, yeah, yeah. design on the vase. Now, the zoetrope usually repeats the same animation. So you have a guy jumping, a guy running, but it's the same anime, like the same 10 frames, because obviously the diameter of the vase 
only gives you gives you so many frames to work with. Now, mm -hmm. the client wanted a zoetrope effect, but that displayed a whole animation of a minute. I think it was no, it wasn't a minute. It was forty seconds, something like that. So we're talking hundreds of frames. How do you do that? Because obviously the diameter of the ball is still the same. It still gives you what four frames max. So I had to come up with a with an idea, and I worked with this super talented uh, um, illustrator uh, called Grand Berry and uh, a bunch of other people from the mill. And um, yeah, basically we came up with this idea, and we were using different textures. We split the ball in four. I, I don't want to go into technicalities, but basically. Every turn of this ball, this ball was using four different textures. So we split the ball in four fractions, four quarters, and in each quarter we had a different frame. So at every spin, the ball was touching a, a primitive sphere, and every every touch, every turn of the ball, this was kicking in every uh, other four four frames. So yeah, four, eight, da 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 da. Um, and that allowed us to display a full animation, but that was a whole thought process that took days. And um, after a while, this colleague of mine had a baby, so he had to uh, leave for a while. So I was in charge on of the illustrative side of things as well. So I had to do illustrations as well because these balls were decorated with illustration, mm. uh, and the illustrations were moving as well. So it was a whole thing I'd come up with, something that was basically displaying this animation, and we had to do it in the shortest amount of time. It had to be super fast, and there was a whole plethora of things, like the there was rice in the bowl, the rice had to turn into Pringles crisps. It was, it was a whole thing. Um, and again, it's a commercial that no one ever saw. It's just uh, on social like media. Okay, I hope it's on your website after listening no, to this. No, it's not. Um, oh, you wanted to watch? I, mean, <laughs> I know, Maybe I'll show it. you. I'll show you, it's fine. Uh, but in terms of technical aspects, that really was challenging because it wasn't your usual, I want you to do a model of a dragon. Mm -hmm. Model the dragon. No, there yeah. was basically everything you can think of because I was doing comp, I was doing shots, I was doing look up, I was doing modeling, I was doing texturing, everything you can think of all into one. And you had to take care of multiple aspects of a project. Um, I, I had to take care of multiple aspects of a project all, my, all by myself. Um, I was the lead uh, 3D artist on that project. Again, that's not to say that... Uh, all my other colleagues in the team were absolutely incredible. Maki, Grant, uh, all amazing. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, the meal is this amazing place that really gives you uh, total freedom on your projects. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, they, they do give you a concept, they do give you a, a brief, but they're really happy to make you do your thing. And they really appreciate the artistic side of things. Um, it's mm. really nice. So yeah, I know it's it's quite strange to say my most complex project in my career is Pringles. 
commercials. <laughs> but, but yeah, it happens sometimes. No, it's Pay understandable. Based, based on your explanation, it was hard to keep to follow up and try to imagine what was it like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I couldn't have done it if I possibly didn't have the familiarity that I have with Cinema 4D. Um, mm. Yeah. And, like as, home, and as we discussed some of the cool projects that you worked on, do you have like a dream project that you would want to work on? Or maybe not, you can say both film and maybe specific asset? Um, I would say, I'd, yes, I mean, there, there's definitely something I, I, I'd love to do, uh, uh, possibly the same things I do now. So working on a film and being involved in the concept side of things a bit more, because I mean, it, although I was really lucky in companies like DNEG, um and terry sorry to work on both aspects so concepts and um you know the actual creation side of things i'd rather be involved uh at least for once on the concept stages a bit more uh which is really cool and it's something that uh really gives you uh total artistic freedom and uh, sometimes your work gets really really uh, appreciate it and you get to do the stuff and uh, come up with the idea and the concept um, that being said the other thing I'd love to do is to create a um, a short movie um, hmm. something I can really call mine uh, the only problem with that is that I mean we're not an island you can't do it by yourself it's going to take <laughs> ages uh, and you have to dedicate your uh, entire attention to it. Um, mm -hmm. I've always tried to find, you know, uh, friends and colleagues that would love to pursue something like this, but they inevitably drop out at some point because we we got you know lives, we got uh, freelance uh, things we need to attend to. So, so if there's very, very someone hard, listening, please. make sure to reach out. <laughs> yeah but only yeah. serious uh, exactly tell them mate uh <laughs> no but, but jokes aside it, it will be amazing to create something um i was looking at this project called puxley uh created by ben mora and it's incredible it's an incredible animation he managed to gather incredible artists uh and it shows the final product is insane it's incredible uh and I wouldn't mind creating something quite niche as well. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it for, you know, a massive release. It's just something I can really call mine. Mm -hmm. um, and and have a hand on all sorts of aspects of it. Um, that's something that will really... I mean, sooner or later, knowing, my, knowing me, sooner or later, I'll, I'll do something like this. But Have you got uh, already some ideas in your mind? Yes, not fully formed, but I, I definitely had some ideas, uh, and I, I do have some ideas right now. Uh, I have these folders. Um, I have this folder, actually, a single 
call it ideas. <laughs> I just chuck <laughs> stuff in it. Uh, and again, they're not fully formed. Uh, it's just, it takes time. It's something, I mean, a lot of people tried, a lot of people failed. Uh, it takes time. Uh, and it's something that is all encompassing. You need to focus on that for months and months. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is something that possibly I'll have the possibility to do soonish, but I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, it's very hard if in the middle of it someone would approach me with a, a freelance gig or something that I find it, I find really interesting mm. um, to say no. But we'll see. Mm. We'll yeah. See. We'll be excited for that. And now you said that publicly, so you will have to do that one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now it's in the ether, so uh, I have to do it. And as you said, Marco, before about the concept work, it it sounds interesting to me. Can you say more about it? Is it that you are included in a project basically before <laughs> it starts and you are helping to develop it? Yes, so usually um, the concept stages are the very first um, stage of a of a project, um, being you know illustration concept art or just three D concepts, two uh, D concepts, sketches, however you want to define it. This is exactly what every project starts with. So if you have a character or if you have an asset. Um, the very first thing you start to do is just uh, just sketch some ideas based on what the client or the director wants. Um, for example, in Ghost in the Shell, uh, Rupert Sanders just for for months had this amazing team of designers uh, that that basically just uh, came up with ideas. They had to come up with a whole world. Uh, uh, a whole world of stuff and and it, it was incredible it was really really good to really mm. show yeah that sounds something where you can really use your creativity so absolutely yeah so especially when something like again talking about ghost in the shell something so big as creating a city creating a world creating a visual language um it really gives you a full spectrum of uh you know creative possibilities you can you can come up with and it's incredible i mean it's super rare because as a freelancer you tend to uh come in when stuff has to be done mm, yeah. uh, like materially built uh but i would i would love to i've done it in the past i do it uh at times but i would love to to be more involved in a in a concept stages and of course a personal project like a short movie would definitely give you the possibility to do something like this yeah um because it's it's really yours if you want to boost your online presence check out our digital marketing agency called trailblazed you can also enroll in our skillshare course called the 10 tips on how to succeed in your creative career which was inspired by the podcast. Lastly, make sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter called Creative Spotlight to stay up to date with the show and more. Links are in the show notes. Thanks. We got a question I'm uh, curious about and I like to ask people, especially from VFX. So mm-hmm. when you go to cinema or you watch watch the film, uh, how do you 
actually enjoy the film considering your experience in VFX? Are you able to enjoy it or are you thinking about how effects are done? Are you looking at the mistakes? Yeah, so my girlfriend hates watching films with me. Uh, <laughs> I'm constantly pointing out, look at that, look at that. That's all 3D. That's not, that's not real. Um, and this is what I, I did. Suppose, and this is what I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is exactly what I do. It's exactly what I do. Um, I suppose when you work on, on the, the actual products and you've seen it for months and you've seen it from its infancy where basically there was just an axle with a blue screen you it's much harder for us to to get into the you know the final product because that, that that's what you've always seen you've just mm. seen it in its infancy um and we tend to spot the negatives much easier than anyone else like there are films i've worked on I don't disclose, at least overtly, I worked on because the <laughs> final result is not good. Mm -hmm. And and of course, this can be. I mean, it's it's not good for me because I always ever. I mean, I always compare stuff with stuff that is properly done. So those are the those are the films where you can use your alter ego Marco Guffini in credits that that's it's not it. you. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I should, I should do that. That's not me. That's the other guy. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, it's much harder for, for us. And this is why when a film is like properly done, it's really like from beginning to end, it's really uniform and, and you can see that there's a level of professionalism that really exceeds the normal quota. Um, is all the more amazing to see because it's just uh, it, the product is is just amazing. Mm -hmm. I was looking, I was watching um, the Spider um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Uh, that that cartoon is a jewel. I've mm. never seen anything like it. Like yeah. every shot is a masterpiece. And it's just incredible. Absolutely, I completely agree. We'll see how it goes on yeah. uh, Academy Awards. Uh, I saw nominations oh, yeah. lately, and I'm not sure it's got uh, nominations. I think it, yeah. yeah, I think it it was nominated, and there are obviously big competitions. So we'll see how it goes. Absolutely, but yeah, it definitely deserves whatever is gonna win. It's just and more. It's just uh, so amazing and amazingly done. Uh, like literally, you can't fault it. It's mm -hmm. just, uh, it's just um, an incredible, an incredible achievement for the studio. And of course, I mean, sometimes you have these amazing projects that you can't, um, you can't forget. It's just that they, they're just in your mind constantly. And Matrix is one of them. Mm -hmm. um, is so good yeah yeah it's sometimes shame if the effects are so well done and so beautiful and then maybe the storyline is a bit worse and then you know the critics are quite negative about the film which is not because of the effect but maybe because of the story or something else and it kind of yeah puts, I always find um, absolutely I always find uh super weird when the 
the beauty of a film is dictated by Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. <laughs> Mm. It's just that the critics are not the end all be all. It's just that there's so much. Um, forget the fact that there's so much work behind every every film, of course. But I understand that sometimes the storyline is a bit lacking, and and it's just uh, it's not the most original thing. But there are other aspects. Um, for example, I was watching everything everywhere all at once, mm. um, which everyone was raving about. And I understand that there are some aspects that are really good, but I mean, the storyline is not, at least for me, it's not the most original, uh, but there are the things that really, um, um, really raise the film to another level. Um, the acting, it's just incredible. Yeah. And I think especially in this uh, particular film, it's, if I'm not mistaken, that the budget was quite low, and if you look at the final product, it's quite impressive what they've managed. Absolutely, yeah. That's the thing. Sometimes you don't have massive, massive Hollywood budgets. Um, again, I'm it's, not sure this is the case for this film. But, yeah. It's like with, uh, I think, the film creator that went out recently. From what I heard, that the budget... If you consider what it looks like, the budget was very low and it looks so big budget. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've seen a lot of concept art and it looks amazing. Mm. And they managed to gather some of the best concept artists on the market. And it mm. really shows because the ideas are um, what I can see. Mm-hmm. from the trailer really innovative and yeah yeah yep uh marco need we need to discuss your personal work so the project oh. that you work in your free time because uh, i need to tell the listeners to check it out because i've seen it and some either assets or characters you worked on are beautiful so make sure to check out marco's website instagram and portfolio <laughs> oh thank you so much it means a lot so yeah as tell us my, more about it my personal work i mean it's always hard to describe it isn't it it's just i would say the majority of the things i do are character based so i i as i said i like creating monsters creatures characters i'm a creature designer which is something that fortunately i get to do in a much broader scale of film and movies and commercials uh, and I do that as well in my free time so I'm a bit obsessed with it um, I like to come up with my own concepts and translate them into you know creatures and characters and assets uh, which is something that I can't seem to be able to stop I just do it almost <laughs> automatically when I finish one I start another one um, yeah, pretty much. That's the best, the best way of you know, being productive, being obsessed. Can you uh, maybe tell us the process? Because I wonder how you come up with certain idea. Why this specific one? Why does it look this way or this way? Absolutely. Yeah, um, it's quite random uh, most of the time. Uh, it's something that catches my eye. Uh, or a concept that I've always had in mind, or a word, or something that is a mishmash of um, things I've seen, 
Um, most of the times, since I'm a bit a big uh, art history buff, um, is obviously something that um, I use as inspiration that I've seen in museums or books. Um, there are things that I've always loved since I was 12. Um, uh, my favorite artists, my favorite art periods. So that there are loads of, um, you know, uh, Easter eggs and things like this. Um, I use that. Um, basically, are connected to that. So, I mean, in general, yeah, characters and assets are the things I love doing the most, and dioramas, so whole scenes with backgrounds and stuff. And I love the fact that uh, to be able, I mean, I love the fact that I'm, I'm able to sometimes communicate um, whole stories via the diorama I, I, I build, uh, or at least I try to. Um, so, I mean, I suppose character and creatures are the things that um, best, um, you know, convey information, at least for me. And I really like to, again, build up a character, build up a story and, and try to communicate that. And of course, there's a level of, um, you know, you need to come up with your own conclusions and uh, make up your own stories when you see the image. But it's really nice to, to create uh, little dioramas uh, and, you know, have a story transpire um, from it. So, and yeah, it's super example... hard to describe <laughs> my work, but yeah, I, I hope I made it justice. Yeah. And for example, how long does it take to create character or the, you know, from the initial idea when you say, oh, this is a complete one, if it ever Very happened? Very much depends. It's... Yeah. Yeah, it very much depends, I suppose. I mean, sometimes it takes a couple of months. Sometimes it takes a couple of weeks. It depends how complex uh, and the complexity of the whole diorama uh, and the whole scene is. Um, in general, uh, I, I kind of give myself, um, you know, a period of time because I, I had it in the past. I just add details forever and before hmm. you you wake up, it's like a year has passed. Um, and you don't want that. But but yeah, I, I, I tend to go for quality over quantity. I, I know a lot of people that basically produce a lot of stuff, produce, produce, produce every week. And I can't do that, unfortunately. Because um, uh, otherwise, I mean, I'm, it happens oftentimes that you're not happy with the stuff that you published. And you're like, okay, if I only could go back and spend a bit more time on that particular thing, then possibly no one is going to see, but you are obviously going to notice it. Mm -hmm. um, so I tend to spend uh, a good amount of time, but never more than a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some uh, assets or uh, dioramas you are proud of uh, that we can see on your website or Instagram? I suppose the. There's one that's called the Toy Maker, which is this uh, goblin kind of creature that I've imagined. It's got a toy shop, and they're all handmade. So it was really fun because I, I got to create my you know own toys mm. and build up this you know story from scratch. Which which again I hope it transpires from the image. But, um, 
I really like to to make my characters uh, humanoids, but not necessarily humans, if that makes sense. Um, and I, it's nice to inject a, a bit of originality in the in the facial features and the anatomy, so they, it doesn't have to correspond necessarily to something that we see every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the beauty, I suppose, of doing monsters and characters uh, in general. As much as I think that it takes skill to reproduce a portrait in 3D, I suppose it's definitely, it requires definitely less skill than just come up with your own thing from scratch. Um, yeah. And something that you can't find anywhere, it's just an image on your in your head, um, which is super hard. But it's a nice exercise. Uh, I really love it. Um, and I really respect people that do that. And it's just it's such a nice thing. It's like approaching something that you've never seen before mm. when you see a product done by someone else that is completely different, completely brand new. Um, and I can imagine it must be hard to actually stop working on it because if you are a perfectionist, you are still, oh, I can do this and this and this and just this and end up doing it forever. Absolutely. Yeah, you can go on forever adding details and stuff. Um, and that's definitely uh, definitely detrimental to, you know, how much time you spend on a project. I know people that spend years on the same character, literally hmm. years. And again, before you realize you wasted time, because at some, at some point it has to be qualified as a waste of time, because you, you can't, I mean, even in film, you can't tweak stuff forever. Yeah, yeah, everything yeah. can be tweaked and and bettered forever. Everything can be improved. Everything. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to have that closure kind of mindset at some point and say, "All right, this is fine. Let's release it in the wild." And I, as much as I understand that we are definitely attached to our child in terms of you know. Yeah. Uh, asset and and is your little baby and you want it to be as perfect as it gets but it's just you, you're always gonna get um a bit of you know things that could be improved sorts of thing in your products so yeah and when working on uh, such asset do you do you work on it just as a pure enjoyment or do you work on it also to showcase your skills in a portfolio or it it's kind of balanced or it depends? I suppose it's a bit of both. There's definitely the acknowledgement that that's your work and your work is most likely going to land uh, help you land a job at some point because obviously it's very important to have your personal work on shore on your portfolio. But it's something that, I mean, I suppose I just do it for my peace of mind. <laughs> it's just that <laughs> it's something I've always done, personal work. Even when I was at uni, uh, I used to stay up all night uh, doing stuff most of the days. Because the stuff that I was doing at uni wasn't, I mean, wasn't the stuff I wanted to do. And it just wasn't enough for me. And to be honest, it kind of served me right because, the things that most of the things that I do now are an overshoot of the things that I learned doing by myself when I was at uni. Mm-hmm. No one taught me how to use um, 3D programs per se, because I wasn't doing that 
necessarily at uni. Um, I was doing more general kind of digital art, art uh, stuff. And uh, I still have a big portion of my portfolio that is just personal work. It's just mm -hmm. me, me, me from start to finish. Uh, and I, it's really important to have your personal work on show because, I mean, it's nice to have big names in your portfolio, but let's face it. I mean, it's just that there's only so much you can control of that product. First of all, yeah. most likely the idea is not yours. It's a client. Then there's a director, mm -hmm. then there's a producer, then there's a supervisor. So there are so many steps in between you and the final release that obviously... Um, for better or worse, but alter your your asset, your your character. Yeah. So it's always nice to show your your personal work. And what's yeah. the software you work with now? Is it still Cinema 4D or something else as well? <laughs> a few, a few. Yeah. I work with a few different software. Well, Cinema 4D, Maya, and ZBrush are definitely the three main ones. Um, then I work with Substance Painter, Substance Designer, Arnold, Redshift, After Effects, uh, a bit of Photoshop, of course, Keyshot, a uh, bit of Clarice. Um, well, what else? What is there you don't work with? It will be easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there are a few things, of course, but uh, when, when you are when you are so lucky, like uh, I am. To, to be a generalist, you tend to, you know, um, try and, and acquire as many uh, skills and um, knowledge mm -hmm. as possible. So the more, the merrier when you're a generalist, obviously, when you, when you can fix stuff. Uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a skill that is always welcome uh, by your clients. And this is what I've always tried to do. It's just, uh, let's learn this. Let's see, because this is definitely going to come up with, mm -hmm. in, um in a project and um, yeah it did um i managed to learn a few uh a few programs that really served me well in, in various projects so do you still have this uh open learning mindset to uh you know yeah yeah absolutely i, I mean i wish i could learn more uh, <laughs> i've got this thing that every time i'm not working I feel like I'm wasting my time, mm -hmm. uh, lunch and dinner included. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's something that I, I really really like, and there are things I want to learn, um, which I'm kind of refraining myself to uh, not to because I, I mean I, there's so as stupid as it sounds, there's only so much you can uh, keep in your in your tool set it's just at some point some something has to go and obviously mm -hmm. there are programs that that i haven't used in a while that i'm less proficient at uh and i used to be really good at it's just uh i mean when you don't use them in a while obviously you tend to forget but mm -hmm. in general um i want to try and keep a balance between the creative side of things and skill and technical skill because you can get lost in, you know, technicalities and technical aspects of programs and stuff. And okay. I really want to uh, keep the accent on, look, I can come up with solid concepts and mm -hmm. execute them. Um, so I think it is just really good to 
be a bit of both really yeah and i guess also to have this mindset to keep up with the latest updates latest technology and still brush uh, your skills to be able to stand out in a, a competition and from the crowd absolutely it definitely is yeah. And what are some assets or your personal projects that you are currently working on? At the moment, I was trying to come up with a concept for a monster that is a, a mixture of a babirusa. Do you know what a babirusa is? It's, it's a it's a war dog basically. It's like a you know Pumba from the Lion King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Rusa is slightly similar, but it's got like a big. Uh, Wait, so is it so is it like a, a specific character, or is that the species? What it's called? No, no, this is an animal. It is it, real. It's just I want to come up with a concept that involves a mixture of that animal and other things. Uh, I was thinking tentacles and things like this. It's just, <laughs> I mean, my my brain is a bit, it's a bit strange. It's a strange animal. <laughs> We got people screaming, animals running, and have to <laughs> funnel them into something. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, are you in initial yeah. stages of uh, developing this? Yes, very much so. Uh, again, this could well be one of those projects that I never release, or because I've got so many of them, like every other designer. Um, have you got that whip folder? It just Mm -hmm. Junk stuff that you're not happy with, you know. Then released. What, but, what, yeah. what would be the steps now? Would you start drawing it on a paper first? I usually do a 3D sketch. Uh -huh. uh, you can start from a sphere. You can start from a, a human pose, a human mannequin. Uh, I oftentimes start from a sphere because you don't know. You know, it's just if you start from a human, you kind of tend to. Uh, constrain yourself to the human form. Um, you don't know if you want a full body in the render. You don't know if you want a full character. So, I mean, it's pretty, again, at the moment, it's a bit, uh, you know, rough in terms of idea. I just know that I want some specifics, meaning mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to use this animal as a, one of the one of the concepts. But yeah, but yeah it kind of. Uh, and this is probably something I should stop doing. Oftentimes, I just jump into it, and then the con the concept evolves as I go, uh, which takes a bit more time. Um, instead of, I mean, when, when you have like a solid concept as a starting point, you could just follow that, um, mm -hmm. and that makes things much more, uh, you know, much faster. Yeah. Um, yeah, at, at the moment I'm just uh, working on that. I just finished up working for a client project, um, which uh, kept kept me busy for a few months. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, uh, this is my holiday kind of uh, <laughs> period. I'm just forcing myself not to work. So it's yeah, not gonna last long. <laughs> me, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, again, we will be excited to see the results, hopefully, in a few months or some time. Thank you. So, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say, uh, from your uh, rich ex uh, career and rich experience, share some wisdom with us, some 
advice, recommendations, and tips from your career? Mm. That's a hard one. That's a good question, but it's a hard one. One thing that I would always say to to students uh, when I'm lucky enough to to you know talk to them is just don't listen to you know people you have around that want to kind of dictate what your next step is going to be because almost nobody knows what you want to do better than you um, mm -hmm. uh, i'm culpable of the fact that growing up uh, i used to listen to everyone but myself and when you get to 40 and uh, you haven't achieved the things that you wanted to achieve when you were at 16 now the fault is all yours but mm -hmm. obviously you just did it with the best of intentions because you listen to your parents you listen to your friends and i mean let's face it who's going to tell you i want to do creatures for living who's going to tell you yeah of course go 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 and do monsters for living that's going to be amazing you're going to pay mm -hmm. bills all day no yeah. one's going to tell you that <laughs> but i mean uh it's super important to um, believe in your potential and believe in the possibility of doing things, which is something that I haven't always done. And the first part of my life, I was basically, I was basically doubtful about everything that came out of my mouth. So that if I wanted to do something, I'm not sure I should do this because that person said that that's not that's not a good path, but. I mean, who, who says that? These people are just as unaware as you are. Mm. Um, I was surrounded by, especially, again, in, my, in the first part of my life, I was surrounded by people that didn't have the faintest idea of what digital design was. But everyone wanted to tell me what to do. What you want, if you want to go to London, this is insane. What are you going to London for? Just stay here. There are studios here. And now, 14 years down the line, the situation is what it is in Italy, and I get to work with the best in the market. Hmm. Again, I don't consider myself uh, one of the best designers uh, in, in, in London, uh, far from it. I'm super critical about my stuff, but I'm just extremely lucky to work shoulder to shoulder with people that are absolutely incredible. And mm -hmm. I've been allowed to work on absolutely incredible projects, and this is just because I wanted it. This is just because one day I woke up and said, I need to leave, mm -hmm. um, which is exactly what you've done. It's exactly what a lot of other people have done. Um, and it takes such an amount of courage, uh, which is not often acknowledged, to just leave everything you know. Literally, I left everything I knew. Uh, mm -hmm. So you, uh, so a lot of other people did. So you did the same. And... Uh, the amount of courage uh, that and guts that takes to do something like this is just nothing short of amazing, really. And mm. uh, yeah, so the the, the thing uh, from my modest, you know, point of view, uh, uh, I'd love to say to you know a student or someone that wants to embark in this, uh, you know, BFX journey or just digital design call it however you want it's just uh trust your your gut feeling because that's exactly i mean that's the only thing you've got as a starting point your gut feeling you haven't got skills because obviously you haven't started it yet and uh 
it's I mean it's much more rewarding to have something you really love at the end as opposed to something that you just chose because you weren't sure of it mm-hmm. um it's just uh yeah again for all my faults this is something that I wanted since I was I don't know 13 14 I managed to get it um and again but for better or worse I, I can really say I do what I wanted to do Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm super proud of that. Yeah, it's definitely great advice and uh, situation I can relate to that I've been to something similar. And I often like to ask myself if you know if there is such a you need to make such a big decision or you're unsure if you would regret not doing the thing. And then if you think Absolutely. about, for example, ten years in the future, would I regret that back then I didn't do that thing? If yes, then probably you should do that. Although it's a step out of your comfort zone and something uncertain. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, as a rule of thumb, everything takes time, right? You want to play drums. You want to be as good as Mike Portnoy. That takes time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes years. And the starting point for everything is zero. You have nothing. You have skills. You haven't got skills. Obviously, you have to build from somewhere. And it's just the only thing you've got initially is the vision. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing you've got. And again, I, I had absolutely nothing. I came here with, um, as I said before, twelve hundred pounds that was given to me. And it's just uh, I wasn't even a fully formed uh, designer. Uh, but it's nice to to have something to build from scratch. Uh, there's a sense of pride in that and uh, yeah yeah and what I like to think of if the goal or your vision seems too big if you think about it if you do just a little bit every day how it adds up over time because obviously Mm -hmm. nothing is I know it sounds cliche but now it's appropriate since Marco was in Rome that Rome wasn't built in one day (laughs) (laughs) I, I wasn't yeah. preparing this. I promise. It just came to my mind. But uh, you know the oh, consistency. Right. That's good. The consistency and just do a bit every day and uh, see where in in week, in month, in year, where, where you are, and it gives you some confidence and motivation. Absolutely, absolutely. I I, I really think, and this is probably a, a leap, but this is one of the my points of contention against generative AI art is the fact that he skips the process. He mm. takes from A to B in a second. He doesn't mm. enrich you. He doesn't give you anything but the final product that is not even yours. And this is what one of my main points of contention is the fact that doing anything, jujitsu, playing an instrument, painting, you come out of the other, uh, you come out of it that you basically have learned something, you have learned a skill, or at least you have a faint idea of what that skill is. Mm-hmm. And this is what I suppose is the best thing of, uh, you know, building yourself and building your career and learning a skill. It's the fact that you can really say, look, I started there, I had no idea what I was doing, and look what I've got now. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you do, it doesn't have to be something that 
makes you a millionaire or makes you famous. It's just amazing to be able to do some stuff. To be able to call yourself professional or proficient in something, I think is something that is is incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. And nothing can replace the confidence behind it. If you know that you literally spent, I don't know, thousands of hours developing something, uh, sometimes even tears or, you know, uh, headache and whatever, and nothing can replace it and nothing can take it away from you. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And this is possibly something that in a in an era like the one we live in, it's been lost a bit because we want everything to be given to us like super fast. Like we just want to jump to the, the meat of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just, uh, it's not always like that. You, you, it's nice to take time and study things and learn a craft and compare yourself to uh, other people that achieved like really good results and say oh that's nice i want to be like that but uh, let me see if i can learn exactly the same skills for better and and try to you know um raise the bar that i think that's definitely something that has been lost a bit and i value tremendously um mm-hmm. i love that yeah I absolutely agree. And speaking of uh, visions, goals, and next steps, uh, where do you see yourself in a few years, or or where do you want to see yourself in a few years? That's the usual question they ask you in interviews. Where you see no, yourself in five years? This is uh, uh, this this is as inspiration. No sorry. <laughs> No, this is inspiration for us and uh, to motivate yourself to live up to yeah, your yeah, words absolutely. that you say publicly. Absolutely. Yeah, I was being facetious. Um, <laughs> where do I see myself? I suppose doing the same things, but to higher higher degrees, higher levels. I, I love being able to say, I work with that person. I work on that project. And I really think that um, every time I work with someone that is particularly skilled in his craft, is or her craft, um, I can I can take away a lot of knowledge and and stuff, being as much as as a sponge as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really I really cherish that. I really love love working with people that are master at what they do. So I suppose, yeah, what do I see myself? I suppose doing the same things that I'm doing now, but to higher and higher levels and mm-hmm. just build a portfolio I can possibly call my own. And yeah. Yeah, it's... And show and, and yeah. It's inspiring to hear this because after our discussion, it sounds like you... Uh, I mean, it doesn't sound like it. You achieved a lot, you know a lot, and you worked on such amazing projects and still have such passion, uh, continue working like that and even to improve yourself. So I think it's something very motivating for me, definitely, and I hope for the listeners as well. Thank you. No, it's, it, yeah, I, I absolutely love what I'm doing. Um... Uh, and I and I get get bored very easily. So imagine how how much variety what I'm doing gives me. 
Mm. So it, it's insane that I I've been doing this for almost twenty one years now mm. uh, in various fields, and I still love it. I, I still love what I'm doing uh, to to no end. Uh, I'm very passionate about the the final results. Um, um, I love it. Uh, I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing. Actually, I want to do more, and I always feel like I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah. But I hope you reward yourself from time to time to, you know, uh, give yourself some, uh, you know, so that you get a sense of accomplishment and don't pursue constantly. But at the same time, you're like, oh, well done, Marco. Uh, we're working on that. <laughs> I've never uh, I'm my worst critic uh, you'll never catch me saying oh this thing I did was so my it was amazing uh, I'm, I'm so proud of myself I mean I'm proud of myself in the sense that I'm proud of the things I managed to work on but um, if we have a, you know private conversations uh, I'm sure I'll have all sorts of negative things to say about my work it's just because this is the kind of person i am it's just mm-hmm. that i i never tend to reward myself and and shout about my accomplishments which i think it, it's not exactly a positive but mm. but yeah no it's uh no i understand you yeah. and it is what uh, it is. in your next position what would be uh, the salary that you would want to get the salary No, sorry, it was a purposeful. Uh, no, it was purposeful interview like question because you said that before. So I <laughs> wanted... No, of course I'm not going to ask you this. I said it on purpose. <laughs> That'll be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course, don't answer it. So it was just like that. But of course not. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> My question was, uh, where can people follow you? Uh, where can people see your work and promote yourself? Sure. My work is on marcogifuni.com, M-A-R-C-O-G-I-F-U-N-I.com. And you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn and IMDB and, yeah, on the ether, I think. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, my work is um, usually shared on social media and, and my my website first. Yep. So yeah. check it out. As I said, I seen it and it's beautiful. So make sure to have a look. I will add it to show notes as well. And Marco, in the last few minutes, is there something uh, you want to share? Something I should have asked and did not? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know this already. I'm one of the listeners of this podcast. Uh, and I'm grateful for that. I wish there were more people like that. <laughs> there will be. There will be. I mean, in the in the the same thing we just said, things take time to be, you know, build and get to a standard mm-hmm. um, that is appropriate. But I mean, this podcast podcast is really insightful. It's really nice to to see and hear colleagues of mine you know share their life story and and how they got to that point because you don't think about the journey of people you mm-hmm. see what i mean like we we get to work with so many people from so many different parts of the world and you just 
uh, take into account that they're good. This is why they're here, but you don't know what they have done to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the fact that you interview uh, people from all walks of life and it's super interesting to hear their journey. Uh, I I absolutely yeah, agree. I appreciate of, that. Often uh, you see people in successful positions or positions that you know you would be jealous of, and then you speak with them, and there is such a long journey, so much hard work behind it, that it's great to remind ourselves, and it gives you also some uh, motivation uh, to continue. Or absolutely, I mean it's the fact that again this transpires from a lot of the episodes you've done so far you see these people there are like at the forefront of the field of expertise and they're amazing and you just can't imagine that these people are just like you were like 14 20 years ago mm. just blank slates they just decided to do the stuff they're good at at the moment and that's how they progress and that's yeah, yeah. that's how they got to the level they are at the moment and again it's so hard to imagine that we all start from a blank slate we Mm. we, i mean initially you just have the will to pursue some stuff yeah Um, yeah yeah. absolutely and it's incredible it's an incredible podcast mate um i told you more than once and yeah i wish you all the best with it thank you thank you for having me i i really appreciate it i really enjoyed this so thank you so much marco I hope uh, what we discussed, it will inspire people. You will achieve what you want and that your following will grow. So thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app, get in touch to provide your feedback or share any ideas for future guests. Thank you and see you soon.